Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. Ever hear of a soup swap? Well, it's like a cookie swap, but for soup. And it's an incredible way to get people together around nourishing food. I attended one for the first time recently and loved it so much, I wanted to tell you about it. My guests today are my friends who organized the swap, Vera Rungtragul and Andrew Goldstein. I met them through my husband's Central Park Pickleball group. And besides being our friends, they both happen to be community-focused health professionals. Vera has her master's degree in public health from Columbia University and is the founder of Truly Well, a nonprofit that helps individuals and communities build happy, healthy, and meaningful lives. And Andrew is a public hospital primary care doctor focused on activism and organizing for a variety of health justice issues. Listen and be inspired. Vera and Andrew, so great to have you here. Nice to see you, not in Central Park for once. I I'll usually see you there. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Well, you guys are so inspiring to me. And when I first met you, there was something that just really resonated with me. And I wanted to get to know you better. And now knowing more about you and, and what you do both professionally and personally, I understand why I had that initial reaction of just wanting to get to know you better. And I'm so glad I have, and I'm so glad to give my listeners the opportunity as well, and particularly in the context of a soup swap, because it was such a great experience. I loved it, and you guys organized it, and so please give us the basics. Like, What's the basic high level? What is a soup swap? How does it work? So basically, uh, we have everyone cook six batches of soup of one type of soup, and then they bring it to the swap and they leave with six different types of soup. And so what that ends up doing is it makes it so you just have to do a, one large batch cooking and then you leave with a variety and you have this communal experience. And it's wonderful for like a lot of different reasons for a lot of different people. It gives you a different variety of food. You get to learn new recipes. You get to up your cooking game. You get to share a recipe that's really important to you. And it just gets to be a beautiful tradition that we've done every year. Yeah, this for the soup swap, it's really an excuse to gather and to share, right? And usually when we cook for a big group, um, you're left with a lot of the same food, right? So this is a chance to, like Andrew was saying, to make something that you enjoy or has something meaningful to you and then be able to share it with um, you know, people in your community, your loved ones, your friends, and really share the bounty of, of food, of friendship. Yeah. Well, I absolutely felt that as an attendee. So I made, just to let everyone know, I made for this soup swap, uh, my minestrone, my family favorite minestrone soup. And when you say sharing something meaningful. I think some people definitely brought, oh, I just like this recipe. So I wanted to bring it. But other people brought recipes that were really from their family traditions. And that was so great to like learn about them and taste different flavors from different cultures. Um, so I'll explain. I, I, for my family favorite minestrone soup, people who know me know this soup. It's one of the favorites on my website. And it's one of the favorites in my home and for my whole family. So it was meaningful for me to bring that. And I was able to share that with everyone, but I made two 
batches of it basically, you know, in one big giant pot and had six quarts of soup that I brought. And I came home with two in particular. I, I came home with six totally different and exciting different soups that are in my freezer. Well, I ate about half of them already. Um, but one was a Scottish cockaliki, which I just want to say over and over again, basically. Cockaliki, <laughs> cockaliki. It's basically a chicken leek soup which with barley, which was absolutely wonderful. I never heard of it before. And so I got to try that. I got to try a Filipino machado, which I have heard of before, and I actually have a version of, but this was totally um, different from mine and totally flavorful. I also got to try or have yet to try, but I'm excited to try your gumbo that you guys made. So um, so those and others, and it, so it was so exciting from a culinary perspective, but then also, as you say, from a, a sharing perspective and a community perspective to all be together and sharing. And it was really kind of brief. We were just there for an hour or so, but just to kind of share something meaningful to us that's food and that's a nourishing food. And I loved that about it. Yeah, I have... I was just taking a walk with my friend Vivian yesterday and she mentioned something um, that I thought was very meaningful. She said, yeah, the choice of swapping soup is something that has deep meaning because soup is traditionally something that nourishes. It's warm. You often give it to people who are sick to nourish and comfort. And so, you know, in the dead of winter, it becomes something very, um, not only practical, but heartwarming. Yeah, it's it's healing in a way. And then be, getting together, you know, also. And we got together outside. Um, but you've been running this for eight years now. So this was my first year. It's not going to be my last as long as I keep getting invited. <laughs> um, but you've been running it for eight years. What inspired you to start it? Yeah, so we started this in 2016. And at that time, I had just founded um, a nonprofit called Truly Well. And I was really looking for activities that could foster um, social connection in addition to individual well-being. And so the types of activities that I was interested in was of sharing and generosity and community um, involvement. And community can mean different things for different people. And so really just thinking, what is something that people can do, not just in this one area, but everywhere, right? You take this idea and your now friend could do it. Um, and so I was thinking of, of swapping, like the idea of swapping came up. So it was winter time. So what, what can we swap? And so I was poking around on the internet and found that there was this one soup lover in, I believe, Washington, who actually rallied to get um, a national soup swap day, like created. And he had just recently done that. And so I was inspired by that. And, you know, he gave a little description of how to run it. And so we kind of started that up eight years ago. And from then on, we've kind of tweaked a few things, but really it's a great model that anyone can do anywhere. It's so cool. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are super inspired. Oh, I want to get to do that. So 
give us some of the really nitty gritty logistics of it. So how does it work? I mean, I, you guys were so organized and made it look seem so effortless, but I'm sure you learned along the way. So you're going to tell us now you're, we're going to, we're going to benefit from your trial and error here. So what, how do you work this? What are the best practices? Yeah, this is the recipe for a soup swap. So <laughs> basically, uh, you know, what we do every year is we look on the calendar for when uh, Soup Swap Day actually is, the formal holiday that Vera had just mentioned. And it's usually the third Saturday in January. We actually do our own little ad adaption. Uh, we do uh, a Sunday around that same time just because we want to give people time to cook. Usually on the Saturday before people work, that's that's worked out better for people. And so we choose a date and with like maybe two, three weeks lead time, we email all of our you know, friends and colleagues and family and neighbors who we think would be interested in this, people who are really excited about food, people who might want to learn to cook, people who are like intrigued by batch cooking because it's easier, but they, um, you know, they also get tired of eating the same thing every day. And so, yeah, people who we think this would be very exciting for, we send out an invite to, you know, dozens of people. And then we include a spreadsheet in there and uh, instructions. And the spreadsheet basically asks for people to list their dietary restrictions, the soup that they're going to make, and the dietary restrictions that the soup they're making will fit for other people. And so someone might say, I, I have a nut allergy and I'm making a vegan soup uh, that's minestrone, um, something like that. And then uh, we have people RSVP over the next uh, few days and weeks. And we ask people to come with the six quarts of soup. We ask them to put it in uh, either a bag or a container and freeze it beforehand. Uh, helps with transportability and uh, prevents leaks, which can be disastrous. Um, and so because of that, we ask people to cook uh, usually the, the day before at least so they have time to freeze it. Um, we give people warning that six quarts of soup is a lot of soup. That's a lot more than most people are usually cooking. It can be sometimes like two, three, four recipes worth of a soup. Um, and yeah, people get there. And on that day, we, we introduce sort of the purpose of the soup swap. And we introduce some of the story that we talked about here about how we found it and, and how soup is so culturally important and important to our loved ones. And then what we have each person do is we'll stand around. And as you mentioned, this was like in Central Park most recently, we'll have like, you know, 25 people there and we'll go around in a circle and people will say, you know, their name and they'll say what soup they brought. They'll say their dietary restrictions and the ones that their soup makes. And they'll share a story about, you know, why they chose this soup, which again, could be something about family importance or heritage, or it could be just, they found this great recipe or it's their first time cooking. Um, and it kind of builds the spirit of that gathering. And then, yeah, from there we have, you know, we, we have this tarp out in Central Park and basically there's like a hundred quarts of soup out there now. Um, and we go in rounds where people will have their first round pick of the soup that they want after they've heard everyone's uh, story and description of it. And then we'll do the second round and third round. And then, and then we wrap up. And we'll usually bring snacks and tea, and it's just like a nice, uh, a nice time to spend time together and to learn a little bit about other people, um, and and to come away with six quarts of soup. Yeah, and there's actually many variations on this. So this is one where we do outdoors, um, especially during these COVID times. But before COVID, we held it indoors. Um, and we actually also 
asked if people had extra uh, soup to bring it over in addition to their six quarts of soup. And then we would do a little tastings of these soup samples so that people can kind of give a little sense of what they might want to choose. And this feels more like a little potluck, a little gathering, and people will bring, you know, snacks and appetizers and food, however you want to make it as the host. And then people get to do it, um, do the swap indoors. So it really is a, can change based on your, your preferences and, and how you want to build that sense of um, welcomingness in, in the home. Yeah, so I guess what- it depends on the size too, because if you have a small group and if it's more intimate friends, it's easier to do maybe a little tasting in- inside. But when it grows to 25 people, I think right. probably doing it the way you do where it's outside with a swap. And, and then in a way, it also broadens the community because you can invite like an unlimited amount of people, especially if you do it in a park or maybe somebody's backyard or something like that. Right. Yeah. What's been really nice about it is now that we've been doing it eight years running, there are people who have participated all eight years and they also know some of the other people who have participated a lot. And they're like, oh, I'm really excited for that person's soup. And they like make a little list of soups that they're interested in based on the RSVP uh, list of soups. And so they're, you know, they're really looking at this very seriously, but also excitedly. And it's nice to have it as like an annual tradition that people have excitement for. And Andrew, during the soup swap, you were saying that you found it to be a good entry point to cooking for some people who might not really be comfortable in the kitchen, that you've found that this is one way that you've found people or certain people have said like, oh, I'm going to give this a try, even though I'm not really a great cook. Yeah, soup is an easier food. It's not something that you have to like season perfectly before you cook it. And then you can't kind of make any changes like you with, with baked goods, it's it's hard to fix it at the end. But soup, if it's like undersalted or oversalted, or it needs more of a spice, you can always make that change later. Um, and so for a lot of people, it's an earlier uh, attempt at cooking for them. And sometimes that goes really well, and they're excited about it. You know, I'm thinking now with that in mind, and this might be a really nice thing for like, school school kids to do maybe at a younger age with the help of their parents or even in high school on their own to to your point of it being a really great entry point into cooking i think this would be a cool thing to do in schools that's a great idea well well vera this i think when i was reading your website very well your truly well website uh mission to help individuals and communities build healthy meaningful lives i was thinking oh gosh this just fits in so perfectly so it makes absolute sense that you launch you guys launched this and in light of the work that you both do for community health and your passion for food and nutrition and community and and um and public health i just admire your work so much and i admired this effort and i applaud it and thank you for being here to spread the word. Is there anything you wanted to add um, before we wrap up? Yeah, I think initially it might just seem on the surface, oh, we're just trading, you know, some soup or trading some something, right? But when we actually get into the experience of it, you can really feel that community spirit that we're solidifying because when we're opening up to giving something of meaning to someone else, there's a real 
sense of care in there. And it becomes something, you know, it feels like you've created something for people to look forward to, to have the opportunity to contribute in a way that they find meaningful. And so we have people who um, have taken this idea of a soup swap and then created their own different types of swaps from it too. So it becomes a really generative um, practice where, for example, our friend who was inspired to do her own soup swap created an art swap, right? So a group of her friends decided, oh, we're crafty. Let's, how about we create something and then we trade and swap. And then we also have some friends in New Orleans um, who were inspired to then do a regular swap, like meal swap, right? Every two weeks, they, with four other families um, or three or four other families, they will kind of make this a, a regular tradition. And so it really becomes a, a starting point for people to think of ways to relate, to share, to enjoy um, as a community. And I think some of the big picture context on this is people are really isolated. Like we don't live very communally in a lot of ways. People, you know, there's a lot of literature about like bowling alone and the spaces that people used to spend more time at and community with others. Those don't really exist as much anymore. People don't go to the movies with friends. They watch the movies at home. Um, and food is something that, you know, for some people is a big chore or for other people is a big joy. But I think uh, the context on food for a lot of people is like they shop for themselves, they cook for themselves and they eat by themselves. And, you know, we have dinner parties and we have potlucks, but there aren't a ton of other activities that we think of as like communally cooking together, communally eating together. And we're trying to find some, you know, activities that reverse that. And what we found with the soup swap is that people really love it. They really love sharing food and sharing in their cooking. And so I think we should all just be trying to uh, get back to that cooking and eating communally uh, thing that we can all aspire to. I couldn't agree more. And I think we talk, you know, I'm a dietitian, so I talk a lot on this podcast and in all of my work about healthy food and, and eating healthy food. And healthy food boils down to so much more than how many grams of 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 protein is in something or how many milligrams of sodium i mean or or micronutrients healthy food is the community of food mm -hmm. so a huge part of healthfulness i think that is is often not talked about is the community that eating together brings and that sharing food brings and how it brings people together. And that is healthy. That is healthy eating. And it doesn't mean you have to always eat with people, but the sense of that that is something available to you in your life and that you're fostering these connections with people. And food is often a way to bring people together from disparate backgrounds. And so then it brings us together in a larger, glo more global way as well. I mean, it's one of the basic human things that we all need to do is eat every single person on the globe. So I think um, that is healthy. And you guys know this. And and thank you for bringing it to the, to the forefront for all of us. Um, I hope everyone out there is inspired to get together for a soup swap because it is a very worthwhile thing to do. And even though it's kind of, you know, we're wrapping up winter here, there's plenty more soup season ahead of us. 
Um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like soup season 12 months out of the year. Even in the summer, I'm making chilled soup. So that might be an interesting summer soup swap, perhaps. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> thank you for being here, Andrew Goldstein and Vera Rungtragul. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks for being such community leaders. And I'm thrilled to be part of your family. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Ellie. And thank you, everyone, for listening and sharing. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to get together for a soup swap. It's a fun thing to do that is nourishing in every way. Join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.